0: Spirit of God is hovering over this congregation. I will never be able to communicate effectively the love of God, the mercy, and the grace of God. But thank God, God takes hold of the words on the lips of men and miraculously implants them in the hearts and minds of men and women. And through the quickening of the Holy Ghost, we hear from God. What you do with that is vital How you respond to God. It's the most important thing in the world. Because you see there will come a day when you cease to live in the body you are currently in. And you will stand before God. You will either stand before God covered by the blood. Of the Lord Jesus Christ who died upon the cross to cover your sin. Or you stand with no covering. Tonight, you need to make the most important decision you will ever make. To yes, say yes to Jesus. And Christian, I believe every one of us will be challenged to the core of our being. Not by me. <laughs> I'm not good at that. But Jesus, the conviction of the Spirit, <coughs> He is the one. So I hope you will set your heart to respond to God in Jesus' name. Look at your neighbor and say, he's about to blow his nose. <laughs> Isn't it marvelous that God takes us just as we are? <laughs> Amen. So come on, folks, let's look at the Word of God and focus on what he wants to communicate We read the opening uh, verses through to the end of verse 14 this morning. And I'm going to read on from verse 15 down to verse 21. And I love the opening two words because that really sums up the whole of my message. Which just says, through Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody say that with me. Through Jesus. Say it again. Say it again. Through Jesus. Hallelujah. Through Jesus, therefore... Let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise the fruit of lips that confess his name and do not forget to do good and share with others for with such sacrifices God is pleased obey your leaders and submit to their authority many a pastor would love it if the church would do that <laughs> Oh, God help us. (laughs) The flesh is so crafty and subtle, isn't it? Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. For that would be of no advantage to you. Pray for us. I love the humility that is coming through from the heart of the writer here. Pray for us. We are sure that we have a clear conscience and desire to live honorably in every way. I particularly urge you to pray so that I may be restored to you soon. May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep equip you with every good thing for doing his will and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Let me just remind you of what I shared with you this morning and especially for those who weren't able to be with us. I pointed out the need for the church to keep loving. Keep loving. Turn again to your neighbor and say, I've got no choice. I've got to love you. (laughs) Warts and all. (laughs) With all our weaknesses and our frailty and uh, oh, we have just got to love each other. Hallelujah. And then The writer tells us to keep compassionate. Oh, if we had the compassion of Jesus flowing through the church, what a different place it would be. And then keep pure. Refrain from sexual immorality. Walk in pureness. I said even ask the Lord to sanctify your imaginations. So your dreams and your thoughts are absolutely pure before God. Keep free from the love of money. Don't be controlled or influenced or driven by money. Never minister for reward in monetary terms. Just serve God and leave the rest to Him. Hallelujah. He is more than able to provide all that you need. Hallelujah. How wonderful that we do not need to be controlled by money. But turn to your neighbor and say, but every little helps. (laughs) That sounds like a Tesco advert. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. It's going to be one of those nights, brother. Then keep faithful. How wonderful faithfulness is. You know, if we have real faith, we will be faithful. And so that's a byproduct in our spirit of those who faithfully walk with God. Faithful to God and faithful to one another. And then the challenge in that chapter was also keep sound in doctrine. Don't move to the left or the right from what you know is absolutely sound in the Word of God. I highlighted that God doesn't change His view Or change his opinion. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Regardless of the change of law. The law in a land might change. But God has not changed his mind. Hallelujah. He knows what is truth. And we must hold to it. Amen. So friends, tonight let me begin speaking from these wonderful verses. Let me remind you that everything we receive. In our eternal life is through Jesus. And then everything we can offer to God. Everything we can bring. Every sacrifice we can bring. Everything we could ever do in life that has any eternal significance. Including ministry. It is through Jesus. Hallelujah. It is all through Jesus. So that's why verse 15 begins through Jesus. What does it mean? It means literally that Jesus is not only our mediator, our go-between in salvation. He is also our mediator and our go-between when we bring an offering to the Lord. Because everything we bring, anything we bring, could not be acceptable without Jesus. And so there it is. Everything we can offer of ourselves through the flesh cannot be acceptable to God. Everything we bring to God has to come through Jesus. His work for us is what causes what we offer to be acceptable. This is what the writer to the Hebrews is expressing. He's trying to correct what the, the way that their mind is thinking. And it's so easy for us to begin to slip into thinking in a wrong way, to begin to think that, oh, somehow what I present to God will somehow earn me something in His favor or in His sight. It's marvelous to get release from that type of approach to life and service, to realize that whatever I do, I do it. Covered by the mercy and the grace of God. Only through the Lord Jesus Christ can anything be acceptable to God. Hallelujah. That's why we come empty handed, don't we friends? We come totally empty handed before God. And so as we read these verses this morning, we were recognizing that the old earthly tabernacle and temple is no longer required. I'm glad about that, aren't you? Aren't you glad that we don't need to go through an old system of sacrifice? I'm glad we don't have to come before an old altar. The old earthly system of rituals and ceremonies is obsolete. It's finished. It's over. Jesus has completed all things. Isn't that wonderful? Somebody say something to me. Somebody say amen. Somebody give me a hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is life out there, I believe. (laughs) The old system and order is finished, and the old earthly altar is no longer required. Somebody asked me, Pastor, why when you built this brand new building where I serve the Lord, when you designed it and worked with the architect, why didn't you put, you know, Uh, all the things that other churches have. This is an unsaved person asking me, why didn't you put all the things that all the other churches have in place? It doesn't seem like a church. You know, it doesn't seem like a church. I had the joy of explaining that, friend, we don't want to get trapped by the trimmings. We don't want to get ensnared by the old ways that have been finished and obsolete. We just want the presence of Jesus. We want Him to come in all His glory and all His love. We want it to be real and honest. We don't want to be looking at an earthly altar. We don't want to come to an altar draped with um, fancy cloths and candles. We want the candle of His glory in our hearts rather than on a stick. And that's a wonderful truth, isn't it? That through Jesus, everything we bring, we now bring to an altar in heaven rather than an altar on the earth. You see, some of the early believers were still identifying with the old covenant. They were still identifying with the old rituals and uh, old style of worship, if you like. They'd moved away from sound gospel. They'd moved away and lost their freedom. Uh, we know that this w- is why this letter was written, because the writer is saying, Listen, you have mingled your newfound faith in Jesus, and through deception and error, you've introduced a few things from the past, and these things from the past have ensnared you again, and you've lost your freedom and lost your liberty. Come back to the sound message of the gospel. You know, isn't it wonderful to know that the Christian, the truly born-again believer, does not need to struggle for freedom? Are you hearing me? If you are struggling for freedom, then you are setting off on the wrong front. The Bible says it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand. And so we don't struggle to be free. We are free and we stand in the freedom that we already have. Hallelujah. So, thanks be to God. We don't need to go back and introduce rituals and ceremonies. We thank God because we come through Jesus. And when we respond to Him, when we worship Him, when we're magnifying Him, when we're offering everything we can bring from our hands in worship, we are coming to the eternal throne of God rather than an altar in a building. That's good news. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's great news. So even the sacrifices that we bring, they are acceptable just because of Jesus. How do you know that, Pastor? Open your Bible with me. Just flick back to chapter 10 of Hebrews and look at verse 19. Do you know, while you're finding that, let me say, uh, I absolutely love seeing Christians rejoicing in freedom. I love to see those who are loving God and walking with Jesus, full of the joy of the Lord and rejoicing in their relationship with God. And I'm hoping and praying that God will give you a divine touch tonight and you will know a new liberty in your heart, your spirit, and your mind. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Let me read how we know we can come before the throne of God, with confidence. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for He who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good works. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another... And all the more as you see the day approaching and the cause that that speaks of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. So how wonderful that tonight we can draw near in total confidence, in faith, into the most holy place. I link this message with a beautiful psalm. It's a prophetic psalm in uh, Psalm 142. You don't need to turn to it. It's coming up on the screen And it's a marvelous psalm because you can see in the heart of the psalmist the longing to experience what we're experiencing. You you understand that? Uh, There it is, look. May my prayer before you be like incense. Not literal incense, but be like... Let what is coming from my spirit and my mind, let it be like incense rising as worship unto the throne room of glory. Then he says, And may the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. Not a literal, physical sacrifice, but what is flowing through my life be accepted as a sacrifice unto God. That is a prophetic psalm speaking of the day when what would flow from the heart and the mind of a man or a woman would be received like incense and the sacrifice Of worship. How wonderful. So if you come back with me to the passage we're looking at in Hebrews, look at what the writer says in verse 15 and 16, because he speaks of two areas of sacrifice that weave together to make a wonderful expression of a life lived in true worship to God. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God. A sacrifice of praise. The fruit of lips that confess His name. How wonderful. That's like taking a bowl of fruit and through what is coming from your spirit and your heart, placing it upon the altar in the throne room of glory. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's wonderful things flowing from you. And then he says, "The sacrifice that God requires here. Don't forget to do good and to share with others. For such sac- with such sacrifices, God is pleased." What we see is that God has moved the worship from a building into your heart. Isn't that great? That's why I'm so glad to be alive now. I do. I wouldn't have not wanted. I would have hated all that mess. You say, well, you know, there was blood everywhere. And then it was only a temporary covering. And then what was offered, really? Oh, my. It was empty. There was no touch of God. It was cold. It was ritual. It was form. And I don't know about you, but I don't find having a form of godliness and going through a system, even a Pentecostal system, I find it empty and dead and void of the Spirit of the living God. And I love it when God breaks in. And listen, church, you've heard me talk like this, and I don't mean it to be offensive, but I do mean it to be a challenge. Because it is so easy to put a list of songs together and stick on the list. And I think sometimes God is saying, when will you give me any space and room to break in? I mean, I can't understand these churches that are modern now. They've got an earpiece in and somebody at the back saying, two minutes left, move on. (laughs) Whoa, there's a word from God. (laughs) That's where we've come to. I don't know whether you realize that, that, but some places you go, the thing is so crafted, there's no room. And I'm challenging us that we remain true, Spirit-filled, Spirit-led people who know how to move in the things of the Spirit of God. How long was it since somebody actually gave a real powerful expression in tongue and someone gave an interpretation that was absolutely full of the revelation of God. I'm not just talking about something that somebody says every fourth week by habit and they could almost write it down and say, thus saith the Lord. I'm talking about a freshness from the Spirit of God that brings everyone To a place where they say, only God could have communicated that. That's where we need to be when it comes to seeing a move of God. And so here the Lord is saying to us, I've moved it from a building into your heart. Turn to your neighbor and say, So, how is your heart doing? Because, friends, if we're recognizing that God has moved the sacrifice and the praise and the worship into my heart rather than just on a platform then it's understandable the church is going to be seriously affected by all those who come into the house and begin to worship in spirit and in truth, who lift up their hearts and lift up their hands and begin to bring a sacrifice of praise at a level that moves the heart and the hand of God. Can I say I love professional music? I love it when the sound's right. Woo! But sometimes it would do as good to lay it all down and strip it right back and stand together and say, Lord, come. I'm not saying go back to the brethren. <laughs> but I am saying go back to the heart because I tell you that's the sacrifice that God is looking for. It arises incense and the sacrifice of praise. And then of course what we're talking about is bringing the whole of our life as adoration and worship to God. That's the real worship the whole of your life not just for a couple of hours on a Sunday I am so privileged to be serving Jesus I wake on a Monday and have to pinch myself (laughs) and the miracle is I also get a wage at the end of the week (laughs) I mean get your head around that (laughs) I do Nothing, Lord <laughs> i 'd do it for nothing, well, it wouldn't really, because he, he's, he's a rewarder, isn't he? <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying. What a privilege. Of course, you couldn't preach a message like this on the sacrifice of praise and the worship of life without reminding us of what paul says in romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 therefore offer your bodies a living sacrifice pleasing and acceptable to god this is your reasonable act of worship be transformed by the renewal of your mind then you will be able to attest and approve what god's will is his good pleasing and perfect will and it's a sacrifice of life how wonderful to be brought to that place. And then secondly, in this passage of Scripture in Hebrews, we are challenged to obey, obey leaders and submit to their authority. You know, I, I believe something happens in the spirit of someone when they get, they get comfortable with submission. When We're not talking about allowing someone to dominate and control, but we're talking about biblical submission, about submission to God. And submission to leadership. It's a wonderful release in your spirit when that is really in your heart. And it is a tremendous blessing. Jesus exemplified that, didn't he? When he submitted to the will of the Father. And he even submitted to the religious requirements of the day. So friend, don't set yourself up in a hostile position with God and leaders through rebellion. But submit to God. And listen, this is what it says in these verses Be assured leaders must give an account to God of how they operate. A leader is more accountable to God and will have to express and explain. And then be a joy to them, not a burden. It's great to be a joy to a pastor and the leader in the house of the Lord. Thirdly, be a blessing. Turn to your neighbor and say, be a blessing. Hallelujah. Choose to be a blessing. Glory. And then, thirdly, we've got to pray for leaders. It's a good heart test, actually, isn't it? If you can pray for your pastor and pray for your leader, it's a good test of where your heart is. It really is. And believe you me, we need prayer. We need covering in prayer. I'm overwhelmed sometimes by the communication that comes to me, whether it's by text or letter or or phone message or, or whatever, just encouraging me from places where we go and minister. And it's a great blessing to know that people are praying for us. Somebody in this church this morning came up to me. They had no idea what they were saying, but what a blessing. When a couple said to me, Pastor, Paul, we think about you and pray for you every day. That's marvelous, isn't it? That's self-sacrificing. just And thank you for being those type of people. I know there are other people in this congregation who I honor and love and respect daily. You pray for us all the time. We couldn't do what we do without your prayer and your love. And so, leaders are accountable. Can I just say, leaders are imperfect. Pastors and leaders will let you down. I'll look over here while I say it, because Pastor Dave sat over there. (laughs) But he and I would agree, you know, we're never going to measure, not quite measure up, to how you expect us or perhaps how you would want us to be. And um, If you make your decision of whether to stay or go based on whether you think we're doing well or not, then you are making a wrong, wrong perception, a wrong decision. The best thing you can do when you spot a weakness or uh, you know some problem that isn't quite being covered because of time and pressures, fill in the gap. Instead of criticizing and being unhappy in your spirit, make a decision to cover the problem and deal with the problem or come and share your heart and believe for a divine solution because pastors need loving, supporting and caring for. Hallelujah. Once again, turn to your neighbor and say, we're in this together, let's cover the gap. Hallelujah. So let's keep praying and keep loving each other. Well, friends, I wanted to preach short tonight because I just know the mantle of glory is down over this congregation. And I just want to speak out my last point. And it's this. May the God of peace equip you. May the God of peace Equip you. You'll find it in verses 20 and 21. The work that God does in us is through Jesus. Whenever a writer in the scripture is repeating, it's because he's driving the point home. He's saying, This is the most serious thing. Listen, it's through Jesus Christ. It's there again. And it says, May he equip you. May the God of peace equip you with every good thing. Equip you how? Through the blood of, the, of the, the Lord shed upon the cross. Through the eternal covenant. It's all in those verses. Through the one who is the great shepherd of the sheep. May he equip you with every good thing for doing his will. May every heavenly gift and divine ability be imparted in you. Isn't that wonderful that God can do just that? I love this word equip, don't you? Paul uses it in Ephesians, doesn't he? And the word equip, it's really, the the revelation around that word here in this passage of Scripture is where a bone has been broken, and someone takes the broken bone and puts it in the right place and restores it to how it should be. The word could be used of a vessel that is prepared ready to go to sea. It could be used of a soldier who is equipped for battle. And Paul uses that. How does God equip us? He equips us through the Word of God. He equips us through the moving of His Spirit upon our lives. He equips us through Someone walking in prayer. He equips us through fellowship. How wonderful that God can take those facets and through them make us to be more like Jesus and equip us to be effective for the work of the ministry. The Bible's very clear here. He's not talking about equipping you with everything that you want for your sake. But he's talking about equipping us so that we can be effective and pleasing to God. Hallelujah. So it's not what we want. It's equipping us for pleasing Him. Friends, now the Lord is in heaven seated at the father's right hand but he has sent the word and the spirit to do the work in us thank god he will complete and perfect and prepare you it won't be finished until you see him face to face but when you do you'll be like him hallelujah sometimes we feel because of nearness to god and how we want to be sometimes we feel ready to leave the body and Paul felt that didn't he I feel compelled to go which would be better by far but I know I must remain for the sake of the body of Jesus but one day hallelujah we'll see him face to face can I confess and say I've got a bit of desperation about that? <laughs> it's marvelous, isn't it? Lord, as we come to a close on this message, our hearts desire, recognizing that we don't stand before a human altar, an earthly altar. But we come right in before the altar of His glory, His presence. Recognizing we don't need another blood sacrifice. The price has been paid. Recognizing that we must bring The sacrifice of everything we are and have through Jesus Christ who makes us acceptable before God. Recognizing we need the Lord to equip us for every good work and to work in us what is pleasing to Him we bring the sacrifice of our lives and surrender in Jesus' name. And he concludes with those wonderful words, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and forever. In a few moments, I'm going to ask you to leave your seat Not to come before a fancy altar dressed up. But to come before the altar of God. His presence and His glory. And to make it a moment of surrender. To make it a moment where you stand and say, Lord, I want the whole of my life to be a sacrifice of praise. May my prayer rise as incense and may the lifting up of my hands be as the evening sacrifice. We won't light a candle. We don't need to. But we will express from the depth of our inner being Saying, Lord, here I am, wholly available. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Choose today whom you will serve. As for me, I will serve the Lord. Let's quietly stand.